fucking goodness we have made it i have to say if any of you have been listening from the beginning you know how far i've come with being able to just let my my words flow and not be afraid and talking and letting everything just be out in the forefront and so to be here finale season three i am super excited and I'm excited to get into this special books and hooks. You know, I couldn't leave you guys off with this season without doing a books and hooks episode. But before we get into that, you already know where I'm going with this. I want to know how are you doing? How are you doing today? How are you feeling? Have you asked yourself those questions? Very important questions so you know whether or not you are able to receive whatever you hear this day. Sometimes it's not the right time and I respect it and I would never, ever, ever want somebody to listen to this podcast or do anything that is not in alignment with what they need right now in this moment. So take a second, ask yourself how you're feeling and then we flow. If you feel right, keep going with me and keep listening. If not, take a step back. You can always come back and listen to the episode. But for me, how am I feeling? Right now, I am at I am in a space of accepting and really 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 loving on myself in a way that I have not done as of yet in my healing journey. I talk a lot about um, um, working with people and helping them and showing them places and spaces to avoid or spaces of um, the, the places in the places within themselves where they probably need to work on a little bit more. And I have done that with myself as well, but there is there are certain things that I have yet to really touch the depths of me. And so I I was able to do that a couple days ago and it really sparked something in me and really showed me that um, it's time for me to really get to the nitty gritty of what loving on myself looks like so that when I am triggered, I am not automatically put back into a space of victimhood and I'm afraid and then it causes me to be stuck in situations and thought processes and I am not moving forward 
everything else around me is moving forward, but I'm not mentally or emotionally. So that's where I'm at, and I feel good about it. Um, now, we have a special guest today because it is a Books and Hooks episode, and I want to bring you in. Everybody, please welcome Charles A. Smith Jr. I've known him for so long, and now we are together, <laughs> living a beautiful life together, and I'm truly thankful for the person that you are. But before we get into the interview, because Charles is a, an, an amazing writer, an amazing person, I want to know how you are doing right now in this moment. I am artistic. That is the word I will use because okay. life is full. And you can say so much and, and very little, but growing and glowing allows for me to usually be thankful. But when you actually paint that brush day in and day out to define who you are as you move forward and understand that this isn't a casual conversation or this isn't something that is vanilla to anything that is superlative on social media. Mm -hmm. In your own right, you're great. And in my own right, I command my greatness as well. So being artistic is just knowing how to do all of this in the moment, being present, but also having a motivation, which is a truly artistic thing from what you've been able to move forward through. Yeah. That's how I'm feeling. I like that. I mean, I would, even if I didn't like it, it's your answer. It's who you are. So, you know, <laughs> you know, so you wrote a book and yes. it is called The Empathist. Yes. Now. We all know, some of us at least, you know what empathy is and being an empath is, but you have a kind of similar but different perspective. And I wanted to know, what is the meaning behind the title of The Empathist and where did you, where did that come from? The Empathist is describing the survival mechanism that I am pretty sure everyone in those environments have to endure. Mm -hmm. Whether they process it or not, it's definitely up to the storylines or what you may have heard about who's happened to what on any given day. Right. Whereas the empathist is processing all of these different perspectives that can happen for many different motivations. Not reasons, but motivations. Mm -hmm. Because in the survival mechanism, you got to be able to push through and figure out what you want and how you can get it mm -hmm. while feeling like you have nothing. Whereas the book is an opportunity for people to really process those moments mm -hmm. in a movie style like situation which is a quick read to some but in this social media age it unpacks the i in which i spell it with mm -hmm. whereas empathy is traditionally spelled with, with e, e. Yeah. the individual ability to process many different perspectives in order to accomplish your own within the story you know that's my first answer feeling artistic mm -hmm. is what the empathist is and the two words mm -hmm. i and empathy combined into the impetus as a person of action. That's how I'm describing it in my self-help autobiography. That's so fucking cool. Self-help. I I haven't really heard of a self-help autobiography until I've read your book and until you explained it to me. So that's, that's really cool because there's so many different ways where you can, there's so many different ways you can facilitate the book. Yes so many different ways because you have structured it in a self the self-help 
space. Yeah. So that's really dope that you did it in that way. Because it's not the traditional autobiography. Mm. And then you're not te- you're not a traditional person. So I wouldn't expect for yeah. it to be, for, for whatever you do, to come off in that way. Yeah. So it's really cool. And I, I really appreciate the way that you uh, did that. Thank you. So, next question. Take me to where you were before you wrote the book, mentally and emotionally. And then I want you to, to take me to where you were while you were writing the book, mentally and emotionally, and where you are now. So first part, where were you before you wrote the book in your mental and emotional space? And even spiritual, if you want to add that. But. Mentally, um, at first, prior to the book, mm-hmm. experiencing the things that I wrote about in the book, mm-hmm. I was deranged. Okay. Uh, during the writing process, I was intense. Mm-hmm. Because you're relieving pressure from a life that you've always known. Known something's been wrong with it, but not really having an understanding how to guide yourself. Any specific that. emotions came up while you were writing the book? or Yeah. Yeah, it was the first form of therapy before I actually started, I would say, taking therapy serious mm-hmm. in a vindication type of way. Okay. Rage, frustration, uh, humiliation, pity. Disappointment at all? No, because the book is written about my successes. Okay. Thus, the autobiography part, foundationally. Gotcha. But uh, I think me feeling the words that I was writing allowed for me to feel those deep, darker things. But uh, I didn't want to necessarily write about myself in that way. Mm -hmm. I wanted someone to be able to pick up on what is going on and follow along and engage themselves to see You know, what would you do if you really had the ability to be in someone else's shoes? Mm Because that's how people read and write today. They write through people via social media. So I try to take that approach and personally vindicate those things that I was working through at that time. Were you able to, um, uh, were you able to heal from writing the book? Just from having to recollect some things, those things that may have come up that you may not have thought about prior to writing the book in depth what what came up for you that may have caused you to really dig dig a little deeper and also caused you in your time because you just said you were in therapy yes um did that help with the therapy uh after the fact yes Uh, In addition to the last question you asked, my mindset as of right now Mm -hmm. in the book being present, you would think throughout the writing process that you will be healed from that. Mm -hmm. But it's a part of the healing process that prompts you to actually going to reflect on those things. So group therapy happened right after that. Mm -hmm. But I had to find a specific arena for me to kind of process these things. And that's where the first question you asked. Uh, I am artistic. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I feel, because art is the arena that allows for me to be able to explain this stuff and not uh, stay present, go back in that mindset, mm-hmm. or revealing the primal instinct of just feeling those things. Okay, you have to use it as a part of healing, but it is not the end all be all. Right, it just prompts more conversation between you and others that may understand what you're saying when they read it. Mm-hmm. Or they may not at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. What do you believe? Why did you believe the empathist is an important read? First part, 
a two-part question, but why do you believe the empathist is an important read for uh, for anyone that may pick it up? Because some people may not feel like they need to heal from anything. So some people may be just picking it up to read it and not really under in in an understanding space of oh shit I'm I should get this book because I'm dealing with this. So why do you feel like it is an important read? Well, I believe it's not just a talking piece mm -hmm. or a talk piece. Mm -hmm. It is a talking piece, if you will. Like mm -hmm. your phone is a derivative of that from a place where you can't kind of like draw from okay. online. Right. That's the derivative. It's still something to write. It's still something to read. It's still something to go back to mm -hmm. and process. It won't delete after so much time in okay. this new day and age. It allowed for me to get to this point and really just feel like if you really want to be entertained mm -hmm. in a social media age, because how it's written, the way that it's written, it's engaging, mm -hmm. not just words, but things to process as you read these words, yeah. something that you don't hear of, questions to the reader. What would you do if you were in this position? Mm -hmm. To not just say, well, I went through this at this age and this age and this age in a formal format of autobiography. You want to be able to engage the reader to want to read it and don't give them much to read, mm -hmm. but give them a lot to process. Feels that, like to the point. It's to the point, but it's effective to pro <clears throat> processing what they would online or how they would online mm -hmm. about my particular life. You can put that book and make it its own social media profile. It's what they would assume AI would do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a living piece that all you have to do is engage in order to evaluate. Well, if I was in that position, how would I do it? Or better yet, how would I help somebody get through it? Because mm -hmm. the point of the book is because I individually had to feel for things that did not feel me. And that goes into the second part of the question. What message, if any, did you want to convey to the reader? Well, at the end of the reading, I, I asked a specific question that hopefully if you have the book or if you want the book, uh, you'll go ask yourself, if mm -hmm. you will. Mm -hmm. But it's only to continue a conversation to the last answer I had of creating a talking piece as to why it would be a great read. Mm -hmm. I know it's a great read because it allows for the piece of conversation to get to arenas like this. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, like I said at first, the very first thing I said, as if this was uh, like a casual conversation. Yeah. But the impact of it is because of the engagement that comes from people processing in right. their own way what they read right and if you know people they process what they want when they're ready yeah so the book is always there versus writing it from a perspective that oh no one will ever read it mm -hmm. no those that read are using it in their day-to-day -day lives anyway simply because the questions i ask allow for you to think about yourself at all times and you're so it's so eloquently written um that it can be used in so many different spaces like professors can can teach from that book uh you can use it in a group therapy setting or even a one-on-one -on -one type of therapy session uh, thing because of how it's broken down and those questions that you pose to the reader like it's so smart because the, this type of book can not just on a not just from a spiritual point, it can feed so many different people, but it can also be a, a big, a good, a good way to 
advance revenue for yourself because you can it can be used in so many different types Absolutely. of spaces so yeah for sure kudos to you Thank for you. the way in which you did that because Absolutely. some people only you some people only think one way yeah but when you can think multiple ways with one thing it's like genius so, I, I appreciate yeah. that, and I would humbly agree to your <laughs> Honestly, if people sat and they understood that it's maybe 100 pages, yeah, it's a lifetime of effort in a short period of time for you. You mm-hmm. have to live, and that's the thing about books in general, the reason why they're always going to last, whether it's in electronic format or traditional format, paperback, hardback format. Mm-hmm. It continues a story that no one else can tell but you. Yeah, Everyone has that ability. So as long as you have a story to tell, it's just the medium you use. Right. And that medium at this time is art by way of literature in ways that people don't respect. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm humble enough to say that I'm also a Library of Congress published author. Mm-hmm. That comes from having this unique belief to engage everyone at once because you sincerely understand them. Yeah. They may not understand you, and that is thus the illustration of my face there. I was asked to take a picture, you know, for picture day. And I was processing these perspectives at that young of an age. Right. So you would imagine. And you can see it on your face. You would imagine the innocence that's removed yeah. from someone when they can't just think about, well, rainbows and sunshines and uh, slides. And you was thinking about ducking this and you were thinking like this yeah. right now. You're yeah. thinking of having these conversations with great people that just didn't feel that they could be great outside of what we were all surviving. Right. And this book is an extension of that. So that is added motivation that I will never feel inadequate about creating something that will always be ready to help you because it's already helped me. Yeah, and you've already started doing it. Um, big ups to you because you've, you've been able to talk and you, at universities and all of that. So that's really great. To be able to... Uh, you say it like that, it sounds real good. <laughs> but yes, indeed, for sure. Yeah, and people... I, I'm i not just big upping him because he's my person. I, I'm like this with anybody. Like, I am very supportive, especially when it is something that is going to benefit the masses. Like, if it's... Especially if, it is, and if it's done not out of a selfish space. So, I am going to support... And big up anybody, everybody that knows me knows if you do something and I am like, my heart is 100% feeling it, I am going to big up you to the umpteenth degree. So it's nothing like that. It's just, I just wanted to throw that out there. Because some people think on a surface level and that's not what this is. So um, one more question and then we're going to go into the hooks part because you guys know this is my favorite type of episode i love books and i love music and putting those two together it just makes sense and then this book puts music and literature together so last question which is a good segue into the hooks part of this episode each chapter is a different song title where did that what's the significance behind that that came from my scholarship experience post high school where I had to attend meetings 
for the Posse Foundation mm -hmm. in order to fulfill my contract obligation as a Posse scholar. And within that, it was an exercise that asked for people to put their song that describes them onto a CD. Gotcha. And it's called, of course, like we did in the early 2000s, mixtape. So we made a mixtape of all of our different influence. That's and I so. knew <laughs> that the song that I would choose, I believe I chose Champion by Pastor Troy. Mm. And that is one of the artists that shaped the rage in which I was articulating right. in the story. Right. And uh, I just remember them playing it and them getting to that. And I just sat back and I'm watching because I know they're about to react in a way they probably never have before. But yeah. it was the beginning of someone finally hearing my expression. So from that, I am here today speaking to you how I use it as an influence. Yeah. And is a large part of my writing experience. Nice. Something that I, I hold dear to me. Nice. That's how I describe a lot of things. In this yeah. Room. And you can see the gradual, like with the with the song titles, you can see exactly it puts into perspective exactly what's going on in the chapter because yeah. of with the different songs yeah so yeah. if you had to one bonus question if you had to choose if you had to choose what would have been your favorite chapter to write the first one okay because that's the only part of the story i i wish i could fantasize about more okay it romanticized a brief moment in time that slowed down for me, like when you have uh, violent encounters in any PTSD situation. Mm -hmm. um, it was it slowed down in that moment as a child, and it was something that I recall vividly and felt like, man, I, I wish that night lasts forever. But it was literally a night. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. All right, so we have finished the books part. Yeah. And now we're going to go into the hooks part of this episode. And I just have one question for you. What song or songs right now bring you back to your place, your place of peace, to your center, or inspire you to keep going right now? Uh, a song that plays in my soul a lot is, uh, I think it's called Give It To Me by Jill Scott. Mm -hmm. That song always plays in my spirit because it's go-go first and foremost. And it was an artist that I appreciated at one point in time in Jill Scott. And it describes the the last hurrah of my childhood where things were peaceful, but things were starting to pick up. Mm -hmm. And you were able to still feel that innocence, but you were also applying what you already processed in many of the words I've written in the story yeah. or in the biography or you know what we all were experiencing that fast-paced movement right. environment. So Jill Scott and uh, uh, great question. I don't know if there's another song that I would use per se. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, well, Chuck Brown, Fiesta, the uh, cover. <laughs> Chuck Brown, Fiesta, yeah. uh, R. Kelly cover. Um, because I remember that was also another point. And these are chapters I clearly didn't write, but those two songs as life goes be, on yeah uh, it, it's just certain parts that were omitted i would right. say it, it it didn't get the point across in the way i wanted to so gotcha. jill scott give it to me i think that's the name of the song and chuck brown's rendition of r kelly's fiesta mm -hmm. uh i can't give you the date because in gogo -Go, it's different days and performances I know. but 
Those would be the two songs. He's talking to me like I'm not from DC. I'm people. describing also that this is something that people but outside is, of DC. I was DC about to say, for you guys that are not from the city, what we call it, yeah. you may not know that. But although I'm not a go go head, I do know these things, people, Charles. <laughs> no, but um, this was such a good conversation. I try not to to talk too much. <laughs> so many different appearances where I, I'm just so excited. But now, because I understand the purpose of it, mm-hmm. you want to be able to get your point across. But I will agree that this was a great bonding experience, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. This was also intellectual uh, builder, I would say. Yeah. And all of the above. So That's before we go, where can people purchase your book and where can they connect with you and contact you because not only is he an author but he is an art print he is the founder of an art print company ism right as well as a he does one-on-one types of coaching with people who are ready to move past you know, whatever has been hindering them and really get to where they want to be in life. So where can they connect with you and where can they get your book? You can reach out to me personally for purchasing my book is directly through me at this time uh, via social media at Jamaica Man on Instagram. Spell it for him. J-A-M-A-I-G-A-M-A-N. Jamaica Man. Uh, where you can reach out and, and I have digital copies as well. So you don't necessarily have to have a hardback, but I also have hardback copies that I can ship directly to you. I would appreciate the business. Uh, but until then, we're just focusing on Jamaica Man on Instagram where you can contact me and process my thoughts, my mood board, my vision board, my magazine. That is everything we talked about here is a continuation of said uh, book, if you will. But if you haven't gotten it, you haven't checked it out, it's an easy read. Go ahead and get you some, and it'll definitely help you throughout the rest of your life. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for sitting with me in this space. I apologize for being long-winded. It's okay. I, I have definitely tried to do something a little bit different, but, you know, sometimes things flow. And I've learned not to interrupt the flow. So, don't need no need to apologize. It's, it was supposed to be exactly what it is, and I appreciate you for sharing your story, sharing your heart, and um, being there for others who are ready to do the same. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to Awakening with Kendra. Check out the songs that uh, Charles. Is inspired by, you know, they bring him back to center. Two really good songs, I would say. Um, and stay tuned for season four, which will come back in January with new guests and, you know, same, same vibe. It's all about healing. It's all about staying true to yourself and being the best version of yourself for yourself so that you can be amazing for those people that are in your village and you will it will be reciprocated so i love you love on yourself and make sure that you love on each other peace